Good morning, church family. It's really great to have you here. Happy week after Easter. That's kind of our Super Bowl in, uh, in church work. And so, uh, this, this, uh, week we kind of looked at what, what did God do, uh, over this Easter weekend? And I'm happy to report to you that, um, 24 people came to Christ and 118 reconnected to Christ. Next week, we're going to be having a baptism service after each one of our, our, um, services and uh, 28 uh, desired to be baptized. And so we're going to be doing that after each of our services. And then I'd really like you, if you can, to be here a little bit earlier for the services. Um, because in the beginning of the service, we're going to be putting up the first names of everyone who either trusted Christ for the first time or reconnected with Christ. And I told them on Easter, we would pray for them. And so if you could come just a few minutes earlier and pray, not their last names, just their first names is going to be, name is going to be put up there and we'll pray for them and trust them with the Lord. They need our support and our prayers as they begin walking with Christ. We also had 265 people signed up for my first 50 days with Jesus. And so they're starting that. So pray for them as they're starting on that 50 day journey on their first steps with Jesus. Here's the reality of Easter is the same God who raised Jesus from the dead is alive and at work in us. One of my favorite passages in Romans is Romans chapter eight, verse 11. It says this. It says, if you if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Those of you who, who uh, came back and are beginning a walk with Jesus, welcome to the family. And I want to let you know that that same power that was at work in your life that rose Jesus from the dead is alive and at work in you. So that you never have to do three things. Number one, you never have to give in to temptation because you have the Spirit of God in you. You never have to go back and, and uh, to those patterns of sin in your life. And you never have to give in. When difficult times come your way over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about these three nevers of a life with Christ. This morning, we're going to be talking about never giving in and we're going to talk about temptation. What do we need to know about temptation? Well, the Bible reveals from the third chapter of Genesis when the serpent tempted Eve and she fell into sin and Adam fell into sin. Our lives have been profoundly affected because of temptation. And we experience it on a daily basis, don't we? The pull away from God, the pull into ourselves or into the things around us. And we understand through temptation there is evil in the world. But we understand through the scriptures that God is good and he comes alongside of us and he helps us and he has a greater power as first John four, four says that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We have that confidence to stand as believers. So what do we need to know about temptation? What does the Bible teach us about that? Well, number one, temptation is not a sin. To be tempted is not the same as giving into temptation. And I know a lot of people kind of equate it with that. They go, oh, since I'm tempted, since I actually have a desire to do this, it must be sin. 
And that's not sin. To be tempted is not to sin. Jesus was tempted. And yet he did not give in to temptation. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 it says, For he, because he himself, meaning Jesus, has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. In, uh, by Satan in the wilderness, Jesus was tempted three times. But not just at those times. He was tempted in every way, the book of Hebrews says, just like we are. But yet he did not sin. Temptation, to be tempted, is not a sin. To give in to temptation is. Secondly, we need to know that everyone is tempted by the same things. Every one of us is tempted by the same things. Before you give me pushback on that and think you're special, let's take a look at the scriptures. It says in 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In 1 John 2.16, it says, For all that is in the world, look at these three categories, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Your desires to, to walk away, the desires that are in you, whether it's of your flesh or things that you see and are attracted to, or even things you, the position you have or, or the pride of, of who you are, who you think you are, it's not unique. And you're not isolated in that. It's very common. There's patterns that are consistent in temptation. If you're undergoing sexual temptation, there's a pattern to that. If you're dealing with anger and outbursts, there's a predictable diagnosis of what's happening. There, when you, if you have gossip in your life and you're tempted to gossip about something, usually I've found when I step back and I'm tempted to be, to be a gossiper in my life, I, I realize I've, I've not dealt with conflict well with that person. Or I've not kept short accounts because I build it up and I'm much more tempted in an area that, uh, that, that uh, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with or I haven't resolved. Others, though, are dealing with temptation. Jesus dealt with it and you're not alone. And you're certainly not helpless when it comes to being tempted. Ha- uh, having said that, on the, that we're tempted on the same things, I also would say that each of us is vulnerable to specific temptations, however. In James 1.14, follow this passage with me. It says, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth, uh, forth, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Look at how that passage says it. It says that we're enticed by our own desires. The target may be different in each of us. For some of us, it might be materialism, where we value things more than we value people. But for others, it might be an addiction and abuse of alcohol. Some of us, it might be anger or rage. Others of us, it might be the silent treatment that we're tempted to give someone who disagrees with us. Others of us, it might be worry or distrust of God, being anxious all the time. Others of us, it might be the rebellion to authority. Some, we might struggle with being tempted to porn. Others of us, we're tempted, especially as April 15th arrives, to lie on our taxes. We're all, we're all tempted and we're all vulnerable in certain areas. 
think it's wise for us to ask the question, what areas am I tempted in? What are things that are vulnerable to me? Whether it's my makeup, my wiring, whether it's weaknesses in me or insecurities in me, I know that I'm tempted when I'm insecure in an area, whether it's my image or my identity, I tend to be more tempted in that area. I tend to, as I was, uh, kind of confessed earlier, when I don't reveal, when I don't, um, when I don't resolve conflict in my life, I'm much more tempted to think poorly about someone. I'm tempted to talk about them behind their backs. And depending on your makeup, you're tempted, you're vulnerable. Each of us are vulnerable with specific temptations. See, we all are tempted, but each of us is vulnerable, which, which means that when we're tempted, it just reveals our constant need for God's grace in our lives. We're not here because we're a group of people who are strong and just have willpower and overcome everything in this world. No, we're here because we need Jesus. That's the whole picture of the church is people who are not strong in themselves or boast in their accomplishments or their personal strength, but who are strong in the Lord, who are depending on him. And that when I'm tempted, it always shows me, God, I need your grace because there's better people than me and you who fall in times of temptation. We're not called to approach temptation with some personal willpower. We're called to approach it humbly, sober-mindedly, trusting in God's grace. Look at what it says here in 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. See, see that? The God of grace. Now, this is a promise that someday... When you meet Christ, he will take away all those desires of a life that's independent of him and wrapped up in yourself. And he will restore you and confirm you and strengthen you and establish you. But that same God has a desire for us to stand amidst temptation right now. And that same grace that saved you, saved you from the wrath of God, saved you from the destruction of your sin, saved you into eternal life is the one that keeps you. We constantly need the grace of God in our lives during times of temptation. We all face temptation, don't we? And sometimes we fall. God's grace saves us and keeps us. We're always in the need of his grace. Finally, with Christ, I never have to give in to temptation. I never have to give in. Going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let me just say, let me just read verse 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. Look at what it says here. Based on the faithfulness and grace of God, we can stand. We have a way of escape during times of temptation. Here's what we need to know about God, though. In him, we need to realize he is for us. 
God is for us. We're his children. He's our heavenly father. He hates the things that destroy us. And he loves the things that help us. God is also not just for us. He's with us. Since Jesus was tempted in every way, yet did not sin, he's able to come to the aid, the help of those who are being tempted. So he is with us. He's our help. And then finally, as we even started this message, God is in us through his spirit. We have his power. We have his resources to escape temptation. So let's take the resources that God has already given us and let's apply them to what it looks like to what, what would we need to do when we're tempted? I want to direct you to a passage. And if you have your Bibles there, it's just uh, open it up to second Timothy two twenty two. This gives us three things to do when we're tempted. They're simple, but they're profound. Many times when we're tempted, uh, it, it's kind of like we get tempted and we, we immediately give in and the show's over and we have all this guilt and shame. We wonder what God is going to do. Well, we're going to talk about repentance next week. But right now when we talk about temptation, the best time to talk about temptation is when you're not being tempted. <laughs> the best time to talk about it is when we're kind of in a safe environment right now. We can kind of see what's happening there and we can kind of be equipped to go out and when we leave here, if you're not being tempted in here already, to leave from this place and to have the resources to stand when we're tempted. Second Timothy 2.22 gives us these resources. Take a look at it. It says this. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Three steps. Just going to put them out there. When we're tempted... We need to run away, we need to run to, and we need to run with. If you can remember this, they will be life-giving when you're tempted. I don't want to oversimplify it because basically we kind of came in here knowing, boy, we probably shouldn't give in to temptation. I was actually flirting with the, with the, the, the message that, okay, we're all tempted, don't give in. Let's pray. We'll see you next week. But it's... It's a little bit more complicated than that. It's something that we need to slow it down and understand what's happening here. There's three powerful things I'm called to when I'm tempted. The first one I'm called to is to run away. What are we to run away from? From anyone, anywhere, anything that causes us to fall. You see, this is what it means when we're humble, when we're sober-minded about temptation. It, that that we're, we understand we're not Superman. That we realize that that it's not attempt, standing in temptation is not a picture of you and your personal strength of willpower. The Bible talks about our personal weaknesses, but it also shows us God's strength. I'm a child of the '70s, and one of my fighters I always would watch would be Muhammad Ali. Do you guys remember Muhammad Ali? One of the songs written about Muhammad Ali was that he was the black Superman. And so he, that, that became his image. And I, I remember hearing the story of him hopping on a plane, sitting down and refusing to put on his seatbelt. And the stewardess, stewardess said, Mr. Ali, you're going to need to put on your seatbelt. He goes, man, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she thought real quickly and she said, well, Superman don't need no plane and put on his seatbelt. 
take, we can think with our identity that, or even sometimes our spiritual maturity, that we can stand and, and it would all be us handling temptation. And what do the scriptures say? Take heed lest you fall. You know, greater people than you and me have fallen in temptation. We need to treat this sober-mindedly, humbly, but we need to run away from things that kill us. And that means that sometimes it's people, people we fall with. I love what the scripture says. He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffer harm. Yeah, I mean, if, if sometimes there's people in our lives who just lead us astray. And, and no matter what we do, no matter our intentions, sometimes we just fall with them. There's that pull and their tug of peer pressure. And it's harder for you to say no, depending on the number of people who are saying yes. And you can go, well, Joe, man, you just called me a follower. That's okay to be a follower. Even leaders are led astray. And so don't get hung up on a label. We got to realize there's people who I'll fall with. Some of you, even in the church, will get into this, uh, you know, phone prayer message exchange, which turns into a gossip session. Oh, did you hear about someone? And you get, well, I guess we need to pray for them. But you've torn them down in the process. We need to realize there's people that we need to stay away from whom we fall and a wise man listens to counsel to separate himself from foolish and evil people. We need to be able to make those decisions. I love what Psalm 1, 1 says. It says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Think about three types of people are listed there. The wicked, the sinners, the scoffers. But look at how the relationship is. How you're walking with the wicked. You're standing with the sinners. You're seated with the scoffers. You're intimate with people who are constantly harming what God wants to do in your life. And I'm not talking about joining a cult here, okay? But there are people that you fall with, that you just can't stand up to. And we need to step away. We need to run away from them. Secondly, there's places. There's places where we fall that we're most likely to fall. I like in Genesis 39, 12, we get the story of Joseph. Here he is, this favored son, gets sold into slavery. He, he climbs his way up just because he was intelligent, wise, man of God, and he rises up to the top of Potiphar's household. And what happens? Potiphar's wife sees him and he's an attractive guy. She throws herself into his arm. What does he do? Like there's that kind of story. It kind of wants me to have a get away from me, woman. I'm God's man. You know, you want that kind of superstar Christian or follower of God. But what does he do? He flees. He runs away. He leaves even his outer cloak and he's running with his fruit of the Niles through through <laughs> Egypt because he probably realized that if he stuck around and would have entertained her solicitation, he would have fallen. The wise man runs when they're tempted. And there's places that you will fall every time. That's why a seat at the bar is probably not the best place if you have fallen over and over and over with alcohol abuse. 
that probably means that the backseat of a car is not the place you want to determine your sexual boundaries. Because greater people than you have fallen in those places. That means that probably that isolated room with a door locked in front of a computer screen is probably not the best place for you to withstand uh, temptation into porn. We've got to know those places and a wise person runs away from those places. And then there's things. There's things that cause you to fall away. I love what Psalm 101 verse 3 says. It says, I will not set before my eyes anything that's worthless. Whatever's not for our best, whatever's not even for the best of others around me, the things that distract me, gadgets, whatever it is that takes my attention away from God, good things I've learned following Christ can be God things in my life. And I've got to be able to call those things anything that tears me away from following Christ And I need to be able to run away from those things. So those things don't have a control in my life. But you know what? If God is going to call you to run away from some things, he's never going to call you into a vacuum. He's never going to say, just get away from them. See you next week. No, he's going to call you into, to run into or run to other things. And we have to believe here in times of temptation, trust me, we have to believe that what God is calling us to is better than what we're running away from. And you won't run away from these things until you really believe that God has something better for you. That's what temptation does. It tells you, why do you do that? Why would you give this up? Do you know what you'll lose? Do you know what you'll be lacking? Do you know what you won't have? If you, Yeah, we've got to be able to know what we do have. And we need to be able to run to those things. So what do we have? Wow, these are the things we're called to run to. Look what it says there. It says, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Who gives us those? God does. God gives us those. So we run to him. Run to God. I love what it says in Proverbs 18.10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. And are safe. Wow, that's, that's the picture we've got to have of God. He's our heavenly father who loves us, who has something far better than what we're being tempted to do or to think or to act upon. And we've got to run to this God. Do you know he loves you more than you even love yourself? Do you know that he knows you and knows what you need even more and greater than the temptation or the distraction or the blindness that sin has cast in your life. You have a heavenly father. Run to him. Secondly, we run to his word, right? Psalm 119 verse 11 says this. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How are you storing up God's word in your heart? How are you feeding on it? I know that many of us have our Bibles open right now and we're getting this. And, but I would encourage you, memorize God's word. Jesus, when he was tempted, gave Satan back memory. His, his word, he was able to give God's word, Old Testament scriptures, commands from God. He was able to throw that back. When you're tempted, you don't always have your Bible and go, okay, wait a minute. This is where it's, uh, oh boy, give me a five minutes while I can do this while I'm being, no, you've got to have God's word in your 
in your random access memory, okay? It's not in the hard drive. It's, it's, it's ready. It's on the forefront of your mind. And I would encourage you, you all know, and you're, you're tempted in specific areas, some that I am and some that I'm not. What if you memorized God's word specifically for the sin that you're being tempted to do? See, that has been a great help to me. I store up specific passages that address specific issues I'm being tempted in. And man, that is, it's like God is speaking to me. And he keeps telling me that. Sometimes I'll write them on a three by five card and I'll put them on the dashboard of my car. And when I have, um, not while I'm driving, okay, but when I, at the stoplight, I'll look at them. Or as I'm getting in, I'll just put one there and I'll glance at it occasionally. Put it at a place where you can, you can, it can be right there, ready for you to be reminded of God's word. Jesus called on scripture, and if it worked for him, it can work for us. See, temptation asks you why. Why, why not do, or, or why not? Why not do this? And we need to have wise answers from God's word. Finally, we're to run to people, God's people. I love how Galatians 6 talks about um, people who are believers restoring those who have fallen into sin. And it says, we do this with gentleness and respect. But it also says, but keep watch, lest you be tempted when you're restoring someone who's in sin. And then it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love one another, right? And when you're in relationship with people who love God and love others, man, never, ever turn your back on these people. Keep them, find them when you get them, do whatever you can. Sell the farm to keep people in your life who love Jesus, are walking with him and growing with him. I found this in my own life, that when I'm tempted and I share the temptation with other people who know me and love me, the, the power of that temptation is cut in half, at least. I just am not. Like, if I go, I am tempted to talk about this person behind their back, and I don't want to be that guy. Would you guys pray with me? And when they do, it's just like, huh, huh. I mean, it's not my little isolated world anymore. It's not that place I'm vulnerable anymore. I can stand a little bit better because there's other people who know about it. You ever see how temptation works? Satan's known as that prowling, roaring lion. What does a lion do when it attacks its prey? It separates the prey from the, from the group, from the herd. And it looks for the weakest link. And it looks for something and it, it attacks in a vulnerable place. When you're alone, when you're isolated apart from God's people, you're vulnerable to falling into sin. Run to people who love you. And finally, let me build on this because the scriptures say run with. Look at that again in 2 Timothy 2.22. It says, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Three things I want you to remember on who to run with. Remember, as I just was saying, that isolation leaves us vulnerable to deception and temptation. God's help comes in the form of community. Fellow brothers and sisters who love you, want God's best for you, will call you away from the things that kill you and into the things that give you life. 
This is the body. This is your church family. And I believe, I'm a strong believer, that everyone needs to be committed to a church family. If it's not Fellowship Bible Church for you, and you're just kind of kicking tires at different churches, and you kind of look for the best church, much like people look for the best buffet in town, I'd like you to think with me. Just pull back. You need a group of believers in your life who know you and love you. And they need you to know them and to love them. It's not fellowship. Find a church. There's other churches in Topeka for you to be committed to. We're not the only church in Topeka who's preaching the gospel and calling people to Christ. But find one. And when you find it, commit there. If that's here, get committed. Sign up for Connecting Point and get committed. You need to run with people in a time of temptation. People who, number one, call on the name of the Lord when they're tempted. These are people who just have experience where God is their help and, and they trust him and they're calling on him. Not people who will tell you how strong they are and how weak you are and compare, you know, you, me, see the difference between my walk with Christ, but rather people who love you and, and who call on the Lord for their lives, who are strong, not in themselves, but the Lord. Secondly, people who are living his word. If you're called to run to God's word, then we need people who don't just know it, but people who are applying it. People who are wise and understanding and, ex- and experiencing the life-giving power of God's word. And then people who love you. People you can share life with, who, who treat you with gentleness and respect, but also with truth. You know what? I have people in my life that if I were to give into temptation, they would show up at my front door. They know me well enough that they love me enough to know that 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 would destroy my life and they would show up. Being corrected, and I have been corrected. Hi, I'm Joe, and I've been corrected. I hate being corrected to this day. I don't. You want to correct me? Great. Let's have lunch. Never want to do that. But I've learned over the course of my life that I am blind many times to my own realities, even to my own vulnerabilities. And I know that some people can see it better than me. I know the people who live with me can see it better. My wife can see it better than I can many times. That's something to remember. Maybe they are in your life to run with you, not against you. Now, some of you are going, well, I don't have any people in my life who I can run with. Well, well, find a place, find people. And if you don't see of anyone yet, try to be this person who calls on the Lord, who lives his word, who loves people around you. See, when I've committed myself to these three values in my friendships, guess what? God has just entrusted more friends to me. Maybe we need to look in the mirror and go, well, I've not called on the Lord. I've not been living his word. I haven't loved people. Maybe we need this change needs to happen with us first. And then God will entrust more people in our lives. We call everyone in here to live in community, not isolated, not just watching God do things, but in a community of people you're running with. Do you have that group of people you're running with? We all need them. We all need them because we're called to it. And, and that's how we stand when we're tempted. 
Let's just review real quickly. I asked you real quickly from God's word in 2 Timothy 2.22. What are some things, what are some maybe people, even places, where you just have fallen that you need to run away from? Do you know those places you need to run away from? List them right now to the Lord. Just tell them, Lord, that's a place. That's a thing. And, And I just don't want... I don't want to fall with that. Lord, give me the courage to run away from those things. Secondly, when we called you to what do you need to run to? God, his word, and people. What's your appetite for God? Are you seeking after him? Are are you feeding on the word and storing the word, his word, in your life so you might not sin against him? How, what kind of space, what kind of margin do you have in your life for people who can help you stand in times of temptation? People who will bear your burden with you. And who are you running with? Keep them in your life. Don't walk away from the very help and resources God has already given you. See, with Jesus, you never have to give in to temptation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you so much for just the simplicity of your word, but also the profound nature that if we really believe this, with your help, we could run away from temptation. We could run to you, and we could run with those who call upon your name. Lord, may that be a reality for us. May, May we commit ourselves Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.